This is Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. And I'm Jason. And welcome to a new episode of Cinema Spin. Okay, well, I just wanted to check one little topic off before we got into our reviews today. Okay. Um, <laughs> our, our review a few weeks ago, our show, which was Women Talking Repulsion. That was, that was the combination. <laughs> yes. And um, that is our worst amount of hits over two weeks in the history of the podcast. Well, okay. I mean, you know, you can... <laughs> People did not want to hear men talking about women talking. <laughs> uh, Audiences yeah. have spoken. They they know likey. They uh, <laughs> me know likey. Yeah, I mean it was uh, you know as as uh, it was not fun to talk about. Right? It was not a, it was not a fun show to record. Hey, and we can't we can't control. A lot no, of we can't control. This is the nature of our show. It's random, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's. Uh, you know, it's what the people want, and sometimes it is not what the people want. And this time, resoundingly, no. No. Right. <laughs> Didn't even want to give it a try. Right. I just thought that was funny that that, yes. that, that was met with uh, a resounding nope by the populace. Well, there's not a lot of fun Even to the, uh, you know, knock at the cabin has already overtaken it for amount of, you know, hits. People it's, want to hear about the new M. Night Shyamalan. Movie, I guess right? so. I guess you know? so. And also, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we outdid ourselves with our discussion of Code of Silence. I That's mean, true. You know, that was That's a pretty true. entertaining episode. If you if you can hear this and you haven't heard, listened to that, go back right now. We'll wait for you. The thing is, it's not about playing it and enjoying it or not. It's about not even hit, pressing play on, on the in the in the case of women talking repulsion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were repulsed by the idea of women talking <laughs> repulsion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. You know, and it's sort of a bummer because you know, no less effort went into the into the making of that uh, particular episode. Actually, I was sort of off that week, so oh. I, I was you know I wasn't on my game. I I, I sort of I I, I uh, phoned it in, frankly, that week. I think it was just the the concept that w- that failed us. <laughs> I think the concept of a random movie paired with, uh, you know, sort of the last pick on the in the in the. In the playground, as far as Oscar nominees, yeah, yeah, I mean, not, that, not that there's anything wrong with that movie. It's just you know maybe it didn't. Yeah, it's not uh, a lot of fun to talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it doesn't make for easy, uh, easy listening or fun no. time. A fun time in the shower or and it's or not, driving to work or wherever it is you choose to listen to. And podcast. there's not that combination of maybe a movie you didn't like, but is also has some shot. It's shoddily made in some way, which also helps. Yeah. You know, it's right. Right. It helps if we can if we can taunt a movie. You know, it helps if we liked a movie, but if it's just. Kind of a dour, downer kind of. Yeah, movie. I mean, it certainly um, wasn't our favorite movie of the year, but it, it uh, you know, it's hard to pick at. I mean, let's, as... let's be honest. It's a you know, this is a podcast. When you listen to podcasts, when you're probably do, doing something anyway. I mean, who wants to already? You're already doing the dishes, and then on top of that, you got to listen to people talk about a movie like Women Talking. Well, that's true. You know, I, I look back at some of the podcasts. It's work I, on top of work. Some of the podcasts I listen to, you know, as much as I'm into true crime, mm-hmm. I'll always, you know, if I'm not familiar with the case they're talking about, I'll go to the synopsis and see what the case is all about. And a lot of times, uh, sure, the type of case won't interest me, so I won't listen, even to a podcast I listen to every week almost. Yeah, there you so, go. What am I complaining about? I don't know. <laughs> we, uh, we're on a tangent here, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, tangents can be cut if necessary. Oh, well. Snip, snip. We'll see. 
<laughs> anyway, well, let's get into the reviews. Okay, so what do uh, we got? Our current or new film for this week is the Oscar-nominated documentary All That Breathes, directed by Shanik Sen. All That Breathes is an environmental film by theme, but mostly places its focus on brothers Nadim Shazad and Mohammed Saad as they run a makeshift wild bird rescue in Delhi, India. As children, the brothers became infatuated with kites, a local bird species that is a type of hawk. Each day they collect the injured and sickly kites from around the city and try to mend them and nurse them back to health. The film details their daily struggles to maintain their work and try to acquire additional funding to turn their rescue into a proper clinic. They are trying to accomplish this despite the crisis state that the climate and environment of modern-day India, and particularly Delhi, may be. As much as it is about the kite itself, or even the brothers, the film is really about the ability of nature to adapt and thrive, even as the area faces the devastation of massive environmental pollution. Mm. Jason, what'd you, how'd you feel about this uh, All That Breathes? Uh, you know, often I see fictional movies uh, that are based on true stories, and I think, you know... A documentary about that subject might have been better. Um, speaking, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you, women talking. Here, I'm sort of the opposite, right? I wonder if maybe this uh, material would have been better dramatized. I'm only left with uh, a, a the vaguest sort of sense of the relationship between these brothers. Um, I, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. This would be... Uh, a, a major accusation when it comes to documentaries, but a lot of these conversations seem sort of staged. The dialogue seems a little staged, and the blocking seems a little staged. And so, I mean... Um, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard to say, but a lot of it seems... A lot of the dialogue um, and the interaction between the brothers seems very unspontaneous, right? And there's a lot of the dialogue that's between not the brothers, but their sort of assistant. yeah. Yeah, he's the one who's got like ask the kind of maybe stupid questions that the that the brothers then shoot down somehow. Or you yeah, know, he's the one who asks about you know nuclear war or whatever at the beginning. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying there. Um, I thought this they've achieved some really cool shots in this movie. The visually, this movie has a, a kind of beauty that you don't. You don't often associate with with documentary filmmaking. I think all of the narrative content of this movie is really in the visuals. If that makes uh, any yeah. sense. Yeah. So the the reason to see this movie is because it's it's visually incredible. Yeah, that's um, that's how I felt about it. So uh, yeah, there, there's there's some uh, some. And it's, I mean, it's one thing to sort of, you know, point, uh, you know, to, to, to uh, really stage a beautiful sunset or something like that. But there are moments in this, there are visual moments captured in this, like right from the beginning of where it pans across this just like enormous army of rats, right? <laughs> a sea of garbage just being A sea of garbage you. just writhing with rats, yes. right? And it's disturbing. It's, uh, strangely you know uh, strangely sublime sort of beautiful in a way it is in its Um, own way and uh you know one of the themes of this movie seems to be i i it seems like that the 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 text of a lot of this movie is sort of like the the tragedy of the encroachment of uh human beings on nature right and the 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 environmental destruction but when you see things like that, and when you see th- there's another aw- fantastic shot in here of of uh, these uh, you know crowded apartment buildings with with uh, this like 
mass tangle of uh of phone lines the between wiring. them, and, and they're just filled with monkeys. Just yeah. monkeys sort of leisurely hanging out on the phone lines. And I'm thinking to myself, we're going to, you know, I think nature is going to be just fine, right? I mean, we, we eventually might cre- end up creating a world that where, where we can no longer inhabit, right? Right. But the, but it seems like nature, one way or another, is is going to be fine without us. Because <laughs> as... You know, I'm not, I'll, in more air quotes in our, but as smart as humans are, they are a vulnerable species in terms of their ability to adapt because sure. you know, we've only got, you know, right. certain body hair characteristics and you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we, right. You we know, need we, to be able to clothe ourselves we, You know, we can't go five minutes without oxygen. Exactly. You know? uh, um, yeah, there's a scene where there's like a turtle crawling through a giant hill of garbage. Yeah. Um, a, a scene where they've they got the reflection of an airplane in this like pool of mosquito larvae. Yeah, yeah, all which, the all the yeah. I mean, there is as as crazily polluted and out of control. Yeah, this particular area is. It's teeming with 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 wildlife. Right, it's teeming. Right, and, and and that's a that's a fascinating concept. It is because um, you think that's it'd a be, fascinating cause, idea because like. You know the things in pop culture have taught you to believe maybe it would be the opposite. We, we're right, constantly that pollution killing off this kills stuff. everything. Right? Yeah, and, and but this is the sign that no, you know, nature is thriving amidst our pollution. Yeah, it's like and, and like <laughs> these the birds, the kites that this particularly focuses on, th- are thriving in this situation in a way. Right, because there's all this waste for them to help disperse. Right, right, and um, right, they they uh, they're scavengers and they eat the garbage, and so. Um, I mean, uh, we, one would think if you just you know glance at a pl- at, at a synopsis of this, you would think, oh well, these brothers are helping an endangered some endangered well, right. species of bird. Uh, quite the opposite. The sky is black <laughs> with these with these kites, um, w- uh, with these I... birds, um, and uh, which also lowers the stakes a little bit. It also yeah, I mean, see what I thought when they showed the rats at the beginning. I thought. Uh-huh. Okay, well these these kites are endangered, and it's allows allowing the rat population to thrive. Right. That's why there's so many goddamn rats. Now there's so many rats because there's so much garbage. Because there's so much garbage. And, and by the way, so uh, if if needed to be said, uh, India hard pass for me. I am way <laughs> too soft of a person to deal with the uh, things that come with being there, especially in the big cities. Yeah, yeah. I am a snowflake compared to these people who are able to. I mean, because it's a weird place because it has. Technically, all the comforts of the modern world. There's satellite mm-hmm. dishes on these houses, and they're all on the online. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, India had India, like any industrialized place, um, has parts that are wonderful and luxurious, and parts um, that are not close to that, and then all places in between. Let's talk about these brothers. Densely populated. Yes, you know they are obsessed with what they're doing. It's it's yeah. It's a compulsion almost to the, for them to, to to help these kites, right? And um, you know, it's a thankless job, but they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're part of the problem with this movie, maybe beyond the visuals, is uh, the fellas just aren't teeming with charisma. Yeah, I I don't really. <laughs> uh, yeah, their personalities don't really come across. Uh, their relationship doesn't really come across. This no. is why I'm wondering if like a, dra- so... a drama version of this might have helped. Well, you know, there are different, sort of different genres of documentary. There are you know purely nature documentaries that are just about you know taking 
you know, arresting uh, pictures of nature. Uh, there are other doc there are documentaries that sort of tell a story and really find a narrative. And I think we're kind of in the middle here, in, in, in a kind of uncomfortable middle ground. Because yeah. There's never really a story or a narrative that kind of emerges here. And this isn't just a movie where where... I mean, the visuals are the best part, but it isn't. It isn't a movie that's just satisfied with the visuals. It it feels like it, it's wanting to be telling the story of these brothers. I just don't know what that story is. Yeah, I don't know what the brothers' story is. Really, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, the story is beyond the visual narrative that I mentioned earlier. I, I think there's the story of them kind of persevering while things are kind of stacked against them. You know, there's so many kites that they're feeling, you know, they use the phrase falling out of the sky several times. Yeah. Um, so they're getting 30 of them a day they have to, you know, work. Oh, right. But then again, I and mean. And they've got limited funds, right? They've got, they're, they're basically self-funding all this. I, I, you know, maybe I'm just not like, uh, you know, a sucker for ornithology, but like, isn't this a little like lamenting that, you know, oh well, we're, we lo we got another twenty injured turkey vultures today, right? Yeah, um, they, they particularly... it's like well, you know, th maybe euthanize them. Nature will make more, right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, they, they're they're in love with this species, and yeah, they do it. Yeah. It's a labor of love for them. Yeah. Um, speaking of vultures, I but, mean, you know, if we switch in cats instead of birds, I mean, then they, I know exactly, you know, in, then they do take in other species. Obviously there's yeah. a few other yeah. birds mixed in. Yeah. And speaking of vultures, man, did they get screwed in, in the looks department? There's a several, there's several in this, <laughs> not turkey vultures, but uh -huh, whatever yeah. vulture species right. is common over there. Yeah. And they just are uh, ugly compared to the beautiful, you know, the yeah, beauty right. They're birds. not like American vultures. No, they're gorgeous. They're, right. They're, uh, they're just... They get they get they get a frozen a frozen look on their face that says they got hosed by nature. <laughs> and another thing I learned in this that uh, at least injured kites are when they're all in a cage are pretty chill when they're being filmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little too maybe a little too much though. You know, there's a very laid back vibe of of the whole of this whole movie, right? Um, yeah, and it's uh, it, it is a, it, it is a, a strange vibe that this movie yeah has. i mean the birds aren't endangered uh the brothers are neither particularly close or at odds um the political tensions they're muslims in india and and there are political tensions but all those are in the background until sort of the end when there's riots but even then the riots are in the kind of in the background yeah so um there's plenty of dramatic kind of raw material here it's just never sort of brought to bear in a into a a, a narrative uh, that makes for a you know an effective movie. I mean, there you know it's worth we're seeing just for the uh, that that's where I'm ju at, just for the pictures. Right? Yeah, I was um, never you know not kind of enjoying watching it. It just yeah. it just never got beyond that superficial liking the visuals yeah. and sort of understanding what they're kind of were trying to say. I think, but yeah, and you know, uh, I think we're so uh, yeah at this point, you know, with so many streaming services and I think so many content, there's so, we're so awash in documentaries that kind of grab you by both ears and yell in your face about something. You know? Right. I mean, you know, that keep coming at you that something maybe this low key and this uh, subtle in its themes is, uh, uh, maybe just not a two, you know, maybe we're the problem. Maybe well, our attention I mean, span I'm is I'm willing is to accept not, yeah. that, yeah. It's, um, uh, 
I expected something more in the lines of like my octopus teacher, maybe. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, something yeah. that was going to be manipulative a little bit, right? And this, you know, I never got that attached to anything here. Yeah, I was, I, I, I was expecting that kind of thing, that kind of thing too. Yeah, but uh, beautiful to look at. Yeah, um, worth looking at. I mean, yeah. I think not much of a story. Agreed, man. A hundred percent agreement. I, I don't know about this. Uh oh. That's when I'm going to sell tickets. You're an idiot. No. <laughs> two guys Matt agree on everything. Two guys except agree on everything. I sense that we're going to have we're we're going to bro- uh, very generally agree about the movie in the second half of this uh, of this maybe show too. We'll have to see. <laughs> I bet we have some of the same notes about the hospital. Tune too. in to find out in just a couple <laughs> in a couple minutes. Listening to Cinema Spin. We are back for the second half of Cinema Spin. Tell us about our random movie for this week, Jason. Our random movie this week was the 1971 movie, The Hospital, starring George C. Scott. The hospital takes place at an unnamed Manhattan hospital that, on the surface, seems chaotic, but behind the scenes is actually a nightmarish shambles. Uh, doctors and nurses are having sex, sneaking drugs, losing losing patients, killing patients, doing unnecessary surgeries, and generally being less effective than the Native American shaman who is wandering the corridors. Bureaucratic penny pinchers circle like vultures, and just outside the hospital is a protest that is verging on a race, race riot. Also, there seems to be a serial killer lurking around. Dr. Herbert Bach is on the verge of drinking himself to death in a motel room when he gets the call to come in to cover a shift for a doctor who's died unexpectedly. Uh, he then becomes the ringleader of the circus, screaming at everyone's collective face for being incompetent while he tries to find a place to quietly commit suicide. Uh, but his attempts to end his pain are thwarted by the comely daughter of a patient whose long-winded soliloquies might just give Dr. Bach a reason to live. Uh, personally, I'd prefer lethal injection to sitting through some of the laugh- laughably self-righteous sermons piled on here by legendary screenwriter slash most overrated uh, writer of all time, Patty Chayefsky. Um, if this scre- screenplay seems just terrible enough to win an Oscar, it did. What did you think, Matt? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I really liked the initial like yes. 30 minutes of this one. Maybe not yeah. 30 minutes, but... It really Especially sh- the first like two minutes. Yeah, like, the first two minutes, like the pre-credit like, sequence. Oh, this is going to be good. It be, makes it look like mash. It yeah, makes, this is yeah. going to be hilarious. Yeah, right. And and, and very irreverent and uh, yeah, yeah. So I I, I was kind of excited about this and was kind of enjoying like the first twenty five minutes, just mm-hmm. the chaos at the hospital, right? Yeah, and and kind of wanting to figure out what was kind of behind the, uh, especially when the second death happens and you sort of see mm-hmm. on screen that this weird knockout thing right somebody's knocking people on the back of the head and then sticking them on gurneys with the wrong with with a a blow that doesn't seem like it would knock anybody out right it's it's a sandbag (laughs) sure um Um, but then you know it was right about the time of and again if you wanted to get to use the word soliloquy this is the, the movie for you when yes. uh, George C. Scott gives his grand uh, impotence soliloquy. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. in <laughs> a rape? That yes. Turns into, ends in a rape. That, that turns into yes. uh, true true love, I guess. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah, right. They're, they're immediately. Yeah, <laughs> Talking they're, love. I'm in love with you. I know. I'm in love with you, too. I mean, yes. I, I thought well, I that's saw. Well, how, that's how many rapes in the 70s ended. I thought I saw movies. fear in her eyes. 
yes. trying to be portrayed. Yes. <laughs> maybe that was just what it was like to. F- maybe she was scared <laughs> of filming with George C. Scott. Um, yes. But it was not. Uh, I thought that scene was really strange and uh, icky by today's standards. <laughs> uh, or terrible. Well, whatever. Uh, by any, I, I find it hard to believe. I mean, even even back in the seventies, that kind of dialogue where you just, I, I, I mean, it's naturalistic. You know, the, much of the movie has sort of this naturalistic dialogue. There's even sort of extended scenes where they go off on like medical jargon and kind of like an ER, uh-huh. sti- you know, style. Uh, you know, uh, th- that's all really well done and very, very natural. And then at, at just a drop of a hat, all of a sudden they go into Patty Chayefsky's speech. Right. right. They go into this really long winded, clause filled kind of uh, uh, sort of, the, uh, sort of uh, high handed monologues. That, and they all they stop sounding like character like their own characters and they all sound alike. Right. And it's and yeah, they all and speak that, that in scene lines where that he, nobody speaks. Yeah. That scene where he and her just go at each other, you know, go at it like like uh, he barely says two words to her. She sits down and literally tells him her life story right right and poor diana rigg i mean she is not (laughs) diana rigg was was not a great actress right (laughs) but she deserves a special sort of award for getting through that monologue without dying of shame if she because she she's she delivers it in this very unnatural very very fast way and she and you realize she has to because it's like it's like the lyrics to a rap song. If you don't just spit all of this out, if you if you pause, that 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 speech would have taken up ten minutes of screen time easy. If she, if she would have paused once in a while to <laughs> to throw in some some emotion, she just got a blah 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 blah. Right? It's it, it, it's just really a mess. And then yeah, what is the appeal of him to her? You know, I mean, it makes no sense. I, 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 he's an impotent middle-aged guy, and she says, "Well, I've always had a, you know, I mean, it's right there on the page. I've always had a thing for middle-aged men." Okay, well, great. thanks for, yeah. Well, how about is, suicidal? Is, is, uh, is, yeah, isn't that convenient? Man. Um, so, uh, you know, then, you know, then the batons, you know, that same scene, the batons handed off to him, and he gives his, you know, his, his big monologue, which yeah. is, you know, the ode to impotence. Um. Uh, I could have gotten past her monologue, to be honest with you, but two of the both of them back to back was a lot. uh, Yeah, her. Yeah. uh, You know, where he actually delivers the line. If there is a despised, misunderstood minority in this country, it is the impotent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's because, you know, they're not talking about it. Uh, Right. God, it's like uh, it's like it's like Norman Mailer wrote this script. And from that point on, this just rolls in the it just completely falls apart of anything so high up on his high horse about everything. Just, you know, and and, uh, there continues to be these, uh, you know, these very self-righteous didactic monologues. uh, Right. Yeah. Um, And the things that that this movie may have to say about the state of the healthcare system, you know, like the the lady looking for insurance information from people who are practically dying. Right. Yeah. She's like, what's your insurance number? What's your insurance number? That's pretty on the nose, you know? Yeah. It's on the nose at the same time. It's these days, hardly shocking. Oh no, absolutely. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Maybe that's Uh, part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what seemed at first to be like, it was going to be sort of this mash style farce just doesn't have, you know, I mean, love it or hate it. Mash was sort of gleefully kind of nihilistic and cynical. It didn't have 
a position you didn't have a, a moral point to make about anything and boy when the, this movie um uh it it just won't stop preaching um and uh, and so what we have is here is this like intensely moralistic movie that somehow somehow finds you know being an incompetent healthcare worker um literally worse than being a serial killer or a rapist <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I mean, this movie has enormous sympathy, enormous sympathy for rape and serial killing. Right. But if you're a bad surgeon, fuck you. Right. <laughs> Sadly, uh, knowing our randomizer's track record, that's kind of where I thought his head would be. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. And, and on top of that, I mean, if you think this movie then has like a lot of sympathy for the patients, then like it's it's really on the side of the patients. It doesn't. There's this there's this scene where they sort of go off on how pathetic and and disgusting all of the people filling the halls with right. all their sad little problems and bleeding out and 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 their festering boils and yeah, the welfare queens and poor, all this. It's shit. a poor section of town this hospital's in. And yeah, they don't have any. Yeah, and the the yeah the movie just. Uh, I mean, if you're going to, you know, look, if you're going to be cynical and nihilistic, that's one thing. But don't don't be cynical and nihilistic uh, pretending that you're 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 some sort of moralist. Part of this this hospital's problem is there's just so many doctors, you know, that are on residency there. You know, there's this huge group of them that get together for this meeting with George C. Scott to go over, you know, certain details and, and the learning aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And there's like 35 of them. And they're just, that's just one floor. <laughs> this is, the hospital's trying to do too much, I think. <laughs> well, they're trying to it's build just, uh, another this, wing. Yeah, but then this whole building is just teeming with folks. It's just there's it's, more. You'd think they'd get better care if there were more, since there's more doctors than patients. So once it, so once this movie breaks into its ridiculous love story, yes. Uh, from there on out, it's like a balloon running out of gas in the room, right? It's yeah. Just, yeah. Any any kind of cool momentum it might have started with is long gone, and by the time you find out who the killer is it's just super stupid yeah it's yeah. The, it's it's grandpa from blossom <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> So yes, I I love how you know this 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 movie has no sympathy for people who have dedicated their lives to medicine, even uh, uh, even if uh, you know even if they're misguided and burned out or an incompetent, no sympathy for the fact that you're you know have done the work to be a nurse or be a doctor, mm-hmm. no sympathy for that, no sympathy for the pathetic uh, patients uh, who are you know who are dying in the corridors. The only thing this movie has any sympathy for right is impotent middle-aged white <laughs> right well it's um, the 70s jason and that's... right and if you didn't catch the first reference uh to dr box special troubles right yeah, yeah he delivers it's... he has an entire soliloquy about the true meaning of the limp dick right <laughs> and early it's, and that's the second time it's dealt with yeah, yeah he brought right. it up before that uh yeah so uh ugh, gross um uh, and, and such a sad beginning, um, or such a good beginning. Oh, yeah. such, such a good beginning, right? Such a sad waste of uh, of yeah. The movie that that tone sets up is yeah. a way better movie than this ever dreams of being. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, this movie just you know, 
Academy voters in the seventies probably loved that soliloquy. Just loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. This movie Ate is it up. yeah. It's 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 saying something. It's important. I mean, the same way. Um, I mean, Network is a better movie than this. But uh, Patty Chayefsky is. This is sort of his specialty. Is is again cl- uh, climbing so far up on his high horse that you can barely hear him shouting uh, down to us mortals. Um, yeah. So uh, so. I, he's a really overrated writer. Um, he's he's sort of uh, uh, revered by screenwriters as one of the best of all time, and and he you know, um, Marty's a good movie. Network is really overrated and suffers from a lot of these same problems. Um, the difference is that Network um, has a couple of really well written soliloquies, right, like right, where right. you know, mad as hell and everything. And yeah, the, uh, and the 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 Beatrice Strait uh, monologue, uh, but. Uh, um, the God, the dialogue here just seems like it's it, it seems like it's cut word for word out of a novel that he wrote. Yeah, you know, no. it, it has no sort of sort of panache or uh, it, it doesn't seem uh, you know uh, sort of stylized to to the characters at all. Now, something I didn't understand here is mm-hmm. what is the deal with the American Indian connection here? Is the father and Diana Riggs supposed to be Apache? No, well, Hopi. Oh, Hopi. <laughs> or Hopi right. or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah so the, I they said Apache. I, I thought I, they might have said Apache at one point, but uh, maybe, but, maybe the, the 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 healer. Yeah, was was Apache. I thought they said. okay, maybe. Uh, so yes, at first when I at first glance I thought, oh no, they're gonna try to pass Diane Rigg well, that's off I, I, as I a missed. Native American princess. Uh, you know, with her uh, English British accent, accent. Yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but no, as it turns, uh, but they are uh, they're missionaries. It says okay. That said, I don't know why she's fighting her English accent then, because she's, she's trying to trying to wrangle she's it down, failing, but yeah. uh, to rein it in, and and if you're gonna be a a missionary? Why not just be yeah. a missionary from England, right? Okay, um, yeah, I, I missed something there a little bit with the with with their. Yeah, uh, she. Yeah, her her father. Is Imagine a, that. I, yeah. I, I my mind wandered. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, one of the stronger bits in this movie, though, is the part uh, is the part where they explain what happened to her uh, father. Um, like he oh. he went through this uh, this sort of. Uh, comedy of errors um to get him into to, basically to, a coma yeah to get him into a coma he came in uh with, with some minor problem and they misdiagnosed and misdiagnosed and then yeah, he re- came in healthy and ended up and then removed a kidney and damaged a different <laughs> kidney and now he's in a coma yeah but uh strong as an ox when he needs to be wink um, yeah yeah you wonder yeah that that's sort of actually it's kind of interesting as that scene is where they kind of they tell what actually transpired yeah. to get him to where he is yeah it undermines it yeah by, it totally undoes yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where the movie goes totally undoes uh what happened to him so uh yeah what a mess um so yeah this movie uh uh you know uh it's got a good reputation it's not you know not nearly as well known as, as network uh but it's uh it, it it's very well remembered um Reading up a little bit about it, though, is reading uh, Ebert's uh, review, uh, contemporaneous uh, review of it. And it, right in the opening line, he's like, well, you might have heard that the hospital, uh, you know, takes a, a weird turn in the middle. You know, so <laughs> apparently <laughs> we're not the only ones who thought that uh, uh, something uh, went terribly wrong. But he gave it he gave it three out of four stars. So, yeah, I don't I don't see that. I, yeah, I really think that there's there is a good movie buried here somewhere. They just. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They, they lost touch with it. Yeah, again, the problem the problem is Chayefsky's uh, uh, misguided moralism. Um, I can't see. I mean, 
I can't see many people enjoying this for what it is right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as you say, I mean, it has a, uh, it does a good job at times satirizing the 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 sort of bloodless bureaucracy uh, yeah, and, in, involved in in healthcare and and the sort of. Uh, you know, uh, the kind of juxtaposition of people who are literally dying, they're there, you know, with their, you know, uh, on their last leg versus people who just want their, you know, routing number, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so and uh, I don't know if um, laws may have changed between now and then. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we, like, like she says at one point to him, well, you're not going in until. Yeah, we can't admit you until we have. I, I don't yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. But. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I they mean, might follow it up with a, with a you know, hundred grand yo all of a sudden. but <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, I, I mean, you could lean into, uh, you could lean into the, the, the absurdity of that and, and, you know, back all the way off of the Diane Rigg character and all the stuff going on with her father and, uh, yeah, um. So, yeah, make it not about that. I mean, or at least have the person who's doing the killing have there be like a message behind it. They're trying. The person who's doing the killing is trying to expose the hospital for right. He's trying. Yeah, yeah, it's trying to put the doctors as patients in the hospital. The motivation of the killings is just banana cakes. Right. Right. He's in effect. He's setting them up to be uh to be misdiagnosed and killed by the doctors right right so to what end though really it doesn't make a whole lot of sense well he's crazy don't you know Well, right he's crazy but i mean he doesn't have an agenda i mean illegally crazy i was thinking of covering his tracks while it was happening i was thinking more it would be more like you know kind of like a kind of like a terrorist attack basically it was somebody with a motivation right 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 and and there are all those protesters outside so yeah all of that just doesn't work i i I mean the idea that this is going to be a whodunit is just one right one one more you know uh, one more thing about this that does that doesn't work uh there you know and there's so much here that could have that does work that could have worked um and could have been sort of an entire movie um and you just get lost in you know Trasky just sort of gets lost in his own uh, tangled in his own net. Um, so um, the director here is Arthur Hiller, uh, most famous for Love Story, the year before. Okay, uh, never seen it. Maybe maybe seen it'll Love Story. come up as a uh, random movie. Oh, you know? I'm, I'm here. Here's a hope. Yeah, here's <laughs> here's hoping. I, I mean, we made it through the way we were, right? That's true. Uh, That's yeah, true. So um, yeah, I know. I did notice uh, some uh, turns here by other you know kind of well bit turns in this but turn into actors we know from other things uh stockard channing plays a nurse in just a, a one little one line role here right and uh, uh, of course uh nancy, nancy Marchand. Marchand, who we right. know is um well most famously now is as the mother Liv of tony soprano, soprano. right yeah because <laughs> right. that's a role that uh if you've seen it is hard to forget <laughs> right yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she seems she seems so normal in this movie, right? <laughs> it's hard. And to, Liv seems so. It's like, hard to look at that face evil, without right? yeah. thinking that she has motivations that are, are yeah. too pure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the scene at the beginning. The, uh, let's just say the, the scene at the one of the things about this. One of the many, many things about this that hasn't aged well, to say nothing of the, you know, of the bodice ripping rape. Uh, uh, but rape scene, but uh, so uh, uh, Nancy Marchand plays uh, uh the head nurse uh who this uh, is Christy, right? Who is sort of who sort of oversees this debacle where one of the doctors accidentally gets killed, but he accidentally gets killed because he was he was having sex with a nurse and passed out in in it in 
a bed or in a went hospital to sleep bed. after it ended. Yeah, right. Or, yeah, 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 right. And then uh, got mistaken for a patient, and then got shot up with the wrong stuff. Right, because they so, didn't know the person who'd been there been, been right. Charged, exactly. Right. Yeah. So th- it seems like there's you know plenty of mistake. You know, th- a lot of mistakes had to be made for this person to be dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he, mistakes, not the least of which was his mistake of falling asleep where patients normally sleep. <laughs> right. right? So, but there's a scene that has particularly not aged well where George C. Scott just, I mean, absolutely screams in her face yeah. and dresses her down about her, uh, who trains these nurses and how incompetent are they and so on. And it's like, yeah, they're incompetent, but also uh, the doctor uh, was, you know, right. not supposed the to be. The behavior of the doctor is yeah. irrelevant here yeah, because right, it's yeah. 1971. Right. So, I mean, all, yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's got a dick. So he gets, uh, he gets off scot-free. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yes. And, and it seemed like that all it would have taken f- was for her to maybe stand up for herself and scream back at him, you know. Um, and then you have sort of meeting of personalities. But instead, uh, this, uh, we're supposed to, I think, as an audience, kind of get a, a thrill out of seeing somebody who, you know, somebody yeah, I mean, really uh, I'm sure, dress her down. I'm sure she's got to worry about like, keeping her job at that point because she's, you know. Well, yeah, after that, she's sort of racing around uh, getting everybody's routing numbers, you know, and, and, and so on, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, clearly nervous, but yeah. Um, so yeah, yep. Ugh, yeah. Did not care for it in the end. No, no, yeah. no. yes. Well, uh, yeah, kind of bummed though, because I, I thought it. I don't know. It's just one of these that kind of started out. I thought, so much, so much potential. I put some promise into it, yeah. and then, yeah. uh, and then it just it went to hell. Okay, so yeah, the hospital. All right, so all right, well, let's go do it for the hospital. Going forward, well. We know what we're doing this week. Yes. Ant-Man and Poo, the Wasp. love and honey. <laughs> or uh, blood Ant-Man and honey. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania <laughs> is my vote. <laughs> okay, yes. So for next week, we are doing the Ant-Man movie. Yes. Is the, the world MC. tired of the multiverse yet? We will find out. I think, I think the handwriting is got a whole. This is the intro to a whole other phase that's all multiverse related. Right. They're going to multiverse this fucker into the ground. Yep. We're going to get the next big bad introduced in this movie, apparently. Kang the Conqueror. However, I am at least... Playing at home. I, I've been a fan of the first two Ant-Man films. Uh, they are pretty humor-laden, but uh, I thought it worked with that character. And I get to say one of my favorite uh, actress names, Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly. Which I, which oh, I think oh, as names man. go is a work of art. Yeah, right. Evangeline Lilly you know, is a beautiful name. Tiffany Snodgrass... Not so much. Eh. Just as an example, right? You know, right. Cameron Crow is a beautiful name. Cameron Crow, right? Also, not all names name. are equal. Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline well, Lilly. Her parents should be applauded. Yes, congratulations, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Lilly. And that will be paired up with a random movie, which we're going to pick right this second. Right this second. Evangeline Lilly. It rolls off the top. <laughs> it rolls off the top. Uh, our random movie for next week is going to be Lair Cake from 2005. Lair Cake. That's an early Daniel Craig. Not seen a second Actioner. of that, as I like to say. I think I have seen parts of that. Uh, fr- even... Friend of the show, uh, Plaster, is a big fan. Oh, wow. That's so. uh He's got uh, what you call the eclectic taste in films. Yes, Sometimes he sure does. I'm in complete agreement with him. Sometimes I couldn't disagree more. Mm-hmm. Fast Furious, stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anti Fast and Furious. I am. 
Yes. There's a new one coming out, you know. Yeah. They're going to be forced to top going to space in an automobile. <laughs> Fast X. <laughs> I love how they keep just like cutting out words from Fast and Furious, just like Furious Seven. They just know nobody's nobody at this point nobody's gonna bother to say Fast and Furious Seven. Just Furious Seven. And now it's like we can't even bother. There's no time to say Furious. Now just fast. Well, last time it was just F9, right? Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> right. It was just F9, right? <laughs> so they're uh, they're expanding on what Right. Yeah. So now we're going the opposite direction. Right? I shouldn't pick on those movies. There'll be plenty of time to do that later. Yeah. So. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for joining us again on the, for this episode of Cinema Spin. It is Cinema Spin, isn't it? Still. <laughs> We haven't changed the name of the podcast to Cinema Spin, the movie podcast. It's all of a sudden I can't get my S's out or okay. C's. Yes. So, but uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, please join us again next week for a brand new show. Bye. For Bye. Now.